Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it, like um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Search Continental Tyres today. The early trade for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. Lloydie's List for Rhino Rack. Make space for adventure with Rhino Rack and their roof rack solutions for the all-new Ford Ranger. Uh, it is time for the list. It's for Rhino Rack. Make space for adventure with their roof rack solutions. Visit rhinorack.com to learn more. Uh, the Jack Bowe situation yesterday where he decided that he wants to join Geelong had me thinking about some of the disastrous mistakes that some list managers have made, and I don't think there's ever been a bigger gulf between the best list managers in the game and the worst, and I don't think we can let off some of the gigantic errors that have been made, particularly, I, I think, in the last six to seven years has been some absolute howlers, and there will continue to be that. So it's time we called it out, Lord. I'm looking forward to this, Kano. Yeah. Can't wait. All right. All right, well, let's get uh, stuck into it. Now, these aren't no, – no, there's there's others, of course, but these are just my favourite list management disasters that have been made. At number six, um, I think your brother might have been involved oh. in this on the right side of it, Lord O, but 2017, Lockie Weller was traded from Fremantle to Gold Coast for pick two. And this isn't hindsight. I mean, at the time, we're doing trade radio oh. going, hang on uh, – they're not serious, are they? They're trading oh. Lockie Weller, who's, who's a good, solid citizen, but he's not picked two. And in the end, it was made worse by the selection that Fremantle picked. And, and that man is, is Andrew Brasher. And the season that he had was one of the more impressive seasons that I've seen from a young midfielder. So he's still only 22 years of age. He won the AFL MVP Lee Matthews Trophy. He's an All-Australian. He's a best and fairest winner. But more importantly than that, he's a future captain and plays the position of midfield as good as anyone two-way mm. in the game. And um, you've spoken about his loyalty, and, and I don't think he would have been a player if Gold Coast had selected him that would have taken off because he, he wanted to be a one-club player. Yeah, you're right, Kane. He, he, he'd be a captain. He'll be a captain of any club he, he goes to, I would have thought. But I remember seeing the vision of Scotty Clayton, and you could see even he was yeah. – he didn't seem extremely happy. So I think the club said – you know, we've got Lockie Weller who wants to come to us. We've just got to make this deal happen. Fremantle knew that and uh, made Gold Coast pay a full price with that one. Yeah, sets Fremantle up so well. Unfortunately, a few of these errors in, do involve the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, Rory Atkins got a four, some are saying a five-year contract at the Gold Coast Suns when he couldn't get a game for Adelaide. So oh. I could never understand that. He's reportedly paid $500,000 a year and clearly that hasn't worked at Gold Coast. So the signature of Rory Atkins, when you're looking at them trying to get rid of money off their books and Jack Bowes mm. goes at the age of 24 and you've still got players like Rory Atkins who they've committed a fair chunk of salary cap to is is an absolute mystery for me. At pick four, it's the Eagles. So they spend half their salary cap, Lordo, on seven players. Now tell me if that is a good strategy. So McGovern, you know, one of the, the highest paid players in the game and 
whilst at his best, has, has got a good CV and a good resume, hasn't delivered on the contract that he's paid. Uh, Andrew Gaff's the same. Uh, they signed him on a, on a massive deal. And once again, an All-Australian, but a limited footballer is Andrew Gaff, considering his age as well. Tim Kelly, we know uh, what a disaster that has been for West Coast, not only what they pay him, but what they gave up to get him. Jack Darling, Elliot Yo just doesn't play. Luke Shuey and Nick Natanui are the seven players that West Coast pay half of their salary cap to. Now compare that to your thoughts on Geelong and their pay structure and the way that they smooth that out. doesn't make any sense and that's the reason the Eagles are in the situation that they are in. At North Melbourne, well, they gave Joe Pollock five years for $3.5 million, and after three seasons he was delisted. Joe Pollock, I know they did re-pick him up, but... Played five games in 2021, two games this year, and uh, is still got another year at North Melbourne on the back of that five-year contract that they gave him. Uh, no surprises at two is Brody Grundy's seven-year, $7 million deal. And once again, this isn't hindsight. At the time, we said, what a ridiculous um, decision to give a Ruckman $7 million for seven years. So two seasons in, he's gone, and Collingwood are going to be paying 300000 of his salary for him to go and play at a, a rival premiership contender this year. And number one, it's got to be Jack Bowes. So in 2019, so you, you look into this a bit closely. So when did Jack Bowes sign this contract extension? Well, in 2019, he signed a contract extension and through until the end of 2024. He was already contracted until the end of 2020. There was no need for Gold Coast to give him the extra years. So the extra three years on top of a, a season and a half that he already had. And at that time, I mean, he played 30 games, 35 games, and they'd committed to an extension that they didn't need to do. And the fact that they've, you know, owe him 1.6 million, you could even think about paying a player that had played 35 games, that kind of money is ridiculous. So three of those mistakes mm. involving Gold Coast. I think a few have dodged the bullet, Kano, in your list. Right. Uh, Dan Hanbury deal. Yeah, yeah. That, that was low-hanging That was low was hanging fruit. Okay, Stephen yeah. Kinelio's contract. Yeah, yeah. Disaster, but uh, yeah, no. Josh Kelly, same. Yeah, so no, but I think uh, yeah, it's uh, a good point. Even the Eagles one, that's big. The, those seven players, Jared Pollock. Yeah, it's uh, Atkins is a massive one because mm. uh, yeah, their issues and they're letting go a young kid like Bose when Atkins is going to sit mm. there pretty much for how many more years? Would he have three? Uh, I think he's. I think he's had three. Um, and some are saying it's a, a four or five year deal. Some are saying so he could still have another yeah. couple of seasons, and he's clearly not in their best team. So, uh, and I was just thinking about the the Lockie Weller one mm-hmm. and your point off the top. So we we touched on the big three way trade that has been speculated involving West Coast giving up pick two, mm-hmm. and you're right. Like the the risk of doing mm-hmm. it is as risky as what Gold Coast did yeah. with Lockie Weller. Yeah, like th- this could come back to hurt them. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I yeah. think so, Kane. It just uh, has to take something that special uh, for you to move from pick two to pick eight because you, you're more likely to, to grab a star. Uh, you know, Dustin Martin goes top three for a reason. Clayton Oliver goes top three for a reason. I'm sure people will come back and name all the sevens and eights that mm. have been stars as well. But uh, you know, history will say that you're more likely. But uh, then the other one, obviously, is the Collingwood situation, Kano, where... Trouble. They got themselves in that much trouble, yeah. Collingwood, um, where they've had to have a bit of a fire sale. Yep. Um, and I was listening to the late trade yesterday with Stephen Silvani. I'm not sure if we've got the audio, but I can tell you what he said anyway about Tom DeConing at, at mm. Carlton. He reckons centre-half back could be the way to go. And I'd, I don't mind the suggestion. So if he's seen what you know, his brother Sam has done and made that position his own, 
and Carlton have already got Mackay and Kuno, who they've committed seven and eight years to, I think it is. De Koning with a switch to, to centre-half back, Lordo, could you see the benefit in doing that, or you're not sure he's got uh, the attributes no, to play that role? I, I think he has got the attributes uh, to play that role, but I look at um, the backman. So they've got Weedering who can play there. Uh, mm. They've got, uh, I think, McGovern they've invested a lot into, who they need to come back and play. they got Young to the club. They've yep. got March back there. But I look at Pitnet, and I'm thinking, can there be a big upgrade on Pitnet if, if De Koning can become a real mobile ruckman? Pitnet, he's a competitor. Yep. But he's got he's limited with his football ability. So I just was hoping Carlton's missing piece of the puzzle. So I think they can, uh, yeah, star-studded forward line. I think the back line's you know, strong, strong enough with Doherty mm. and Saad off halfback. It's just, uh, you know, big-bodied midfielders. But could you add uh, like a, a sort of a generational-type ruckman to Koning where he's just sitting on heads, which he can do. He can get around the ground well. Uh, could he be as good as Luke Jackson? Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, I know Luke's got a long way to go, but what Luke did in the premiership year, that's where I'd be looking to have the Yeah, well, it's a good problem to have. I think we do have the audio of Stephen Silvani speaking about his reasonings yesterday. Tom DeConning's the interesting one because mm. I think he'll he'll become a really good ruckman. But the, do they look at playing him centre-half back? His brother, same height as his brother. Um, we know he can play forward, but mm. can he play centre-half Does he read it like Sam? Oh yeah, he couldn't read the game. Yeah, yeah, no. That's I mean, an interesting move. Like, like yeah. you, you've got to, you've got to look at it and go. Well, what, what else can we do? You know, and then you know you can swing him. Yeah, you, you can swing out four. You can swing into the ruck. If but, you get someone gets injured, yeah. But he's he's he, him as a third tall even. Um, that makes sense. Tall, wouldn't you, it? you can he, he would take intercept marks and big marks Ooh. down back. He'd be hard to stop. Or do you put him on the? the big fellas, and let Weedering do well, that. Well, yeah, yeah, that, that could be the other one. But mm. I, I think it would be great for his development. Um, but, look, they might just see him as a tall forward ruck or ruck forward. So mm. there's that. Blues fans, 0419187323. And the other question is, which player at your club needs a positional shift? Is there one out there that you think, you know, Paddy McCartan was, was recruited pick one in the draft as a forward, and look what he did. As a centre-half back, that's always the obvious one, forward to back. But is there anyone else? Tom Papley's gone from small forward to massive impact player at the centre bounce. Shea Bolton's probably the same. Dan Rioli at Richmond, half forward to half back. And, you know, second in the best and fairest, I think he ended up being Dan Rioli. So is there a player out there at your club that needs a positional shift? 0419-187-323. And the Jesse Hogan deal also getting a mention. Kano, uh, I was thinking... Obviously, the Melbourne Football Club trade him out at a time yep. that uh, yeah, Freo probably offered a fair bit for him. Uh, pressure was on. The deal was mm. off. The deal mm. was back on. Uh, there was a bit of toing and froing. He's been a good a bit pickup. of spin in that. There was a bit it of spin from, from memory Peter, in that Peter time. Bell. Peter Bell was yeah, really strong. Yeah, he was <laughs> pretty much saying the deal was off, but it ended up happening again. So yeah, I uh, think it cost them Ben King in the end. I reckon that was yeah, the, good. Was yeah, the, did was a top the five pick, or six so, pick because I had yeah. Stephen May, and then it ended up. Um, yeah, moving hands a little bit with Stephen May, that, that pick that uh, Ben King went at. And Costa says, guys, pick two has been littered with stars, more so than pick one. Even Port having it over with a future first pick for Jason Horn francis His way overs, Brayshaw, Petrarca, Taranto, Noah Anderson, and most recently, Phil Thorpe and Sam Darcy. Was Darcy, I think he might have been three, Darcy. But anyway, to give this quality of player and a first round is just crazy on the back of that uh, big... But- 
uh, three-way yeah, trade. but if North can get one and two, like obviously yeah. Ash, Ashcroft goes, you know, but then one the two, the two live first picks, it's as exciting as anything uh, that that's happened to them. You know, Clarkson was exciting, but if you can get the two best kids in the country outside of Ashcroft, that would be phenomenal for the club to, to build on and try and get young kids in from day one and, and build them as the next stars of North Melbourne. What are Brisbane up to during this trade period? Well, Danny Daly is going to join us after 8.30 to answer those questions. In the meantime, let's go to Rob, who wants to speak about a big Geelong cat. G'day, Rob. Oh, how are you going, guys? Thanks for the, taking the call. Pleasure. Now, we've already talked about Asava um, going down back, and I think that's an important move for him because if you look at Geelong's back line, yeah, they're, they're really good, but they're not that tall, really, apart from De Koning. The next one is Collar Jasney at 193. Then Henry's only 192 and Stewart's 190. And I think the way the tall forwards are going, they're all 200 plus these days, or at least they're heading that direction. So the move for Asava, I mean, athletic bloke going down back, I think is really good for the second tall to play on those really big key forwards. But another idea I've had is, um, you know, following the idea of Blitzarves going into the midfield. Um, I think Asava, who's actually said that as a ruckman, he gets a bit intimidated by the really tall ones like Gorn and McInerney, so he can compete against guys about his own size in the ruck. But if you just, you know, a bit like Dusty putting him in for bursts in the midfield where he could go in the mid or a stoppage and then float backwards afterwards. Imagine if you're a, a mid and across the, the centre bounce you see a bloke at 198 and 108 kilos who can run just as fast as you over 10 or 15 metres and is agile and can pick up the ball below his knees, what would you be thinking? Yeah, we spoke to Andrew Mackey. I don't think Geelong have any plans of of trading him, and I think that's what they would be thinking to to have that key position depth. Good on you, Rob. Let's go to Jono. Hi, Jono. G'day, boys. How are you? We're good. Good. Yeah, I'm thinking Richmond should um, start playing Hugo Rouse-Smith on the wing. Um, I know he started his career sort of more at the half-back line, but I think sort of Rioli's taken over that spot. And I think with McIntosh and Pickett getting a little bit older, I think um, Richmond could utilise his pace and just wanted to get your thoughts. I coach Hugo Ralph Smith at uh, Halebury, Jono. So, uh, yeah, he's, a, he's one of the great runners in the AFL. He just hasn't quite grasped AFL footy yet you know, in terms of he's had some good moments but hasn't been able to establish himself as a you know best 22 player for across a season so I think it's just more the contested elements of his game he's got to get a little bit stronger uh, but I know Richmond are pretty excited about what he can offer I love this one and thanks for your call John. I love this one Kano from Joe Jason Joe Hannison has not been damaging since he's been put as a forward I, mm. I, he's a Norm Smith medalist off the mm. half back line and that's something about Luke Beveridge. He, he lives and dies by the sword a fair bit with what he does with players. I remember when Ed Richards, just a star junior halfback, but he played him as a wing half forward, lost, puts him back to the halfback flank, and he makes it and he has a good season yep. this year. I think that's where Jason Johannesson needs to be uh, back in the back line, I would have thought, uh, to try and make it as a footballer. Has anyone gone from halfback to half forward really successfully? Um, it's, a, it's a question we'll yeah. put out there to our audience who would know more off the top of their head. Is there a player at your club that's gone from a lot? A lot have gone from half forward mm. to half back and and done it well. I'm sure, that many have gone from half back to half forward. Uh, Sam Darcy was picked too as well. Thanks for those people pointing that out to me. I was wrong on that one. 
Back to more calls after this. The number's one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. Danny Daly from the Brisbane Lions. They're up to a whole lot, and they need to get pretty busy in the next week of the trade period. It is the early trade for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. Back with your calls after this. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why Tyre Power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. It means you can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later, taking advantage of the interest-free periods. So if you need new tyres... Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.